Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, actually, we're going to have, an- I told you we're having animals tonight. Mary's going to come riding in on a, some sort of a four-legged creature. It's going it's to minister to us. It's going to be fun tonight, fun time tonight. Um, I want to share with you um, from the word this morning about, about Christmas. And, you know, um, we're, the world has always has, has problems in it, conflicts and trouble. In the midst of the darkness of this world, the light of Christ dawns within, into this world. And, you know, one of the great, the great prophecies and the great promises in the Bible is, is the one found in Isaiah 7:14, where Isaiah prophesied and said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a child, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. And Matthew interpreted and said that he was called Emmanuel because being interpreted, it meant God with us. And, you know, I, that's, you know, that really is the message of Christmas. God is with us. God is with you. He's with you when you, don't, when you don't feel like he's with you. He's with you in your worst days. He's with you on your best days. He is with us in the person of Jesus Christ. He's looking for our heart. He's looking for our attention. He's looking for us to just turn our, our glance toward him. And he's right on the scene. So I want to I just encourage you this morning. I want to I minister to you regardless of what you're going through. Maybe there's somebody here today that's gotten a, a bad report from the doctor. God is with you. Maybe you're about to lose your house. God is with you. Maybe you're about to lose your marriage or, or you already have. God is with you. Maybe you've lost someone that's close to you. God is with you and will be more precious to you in this moment of your life than you've ever experienced before. So I'm gonna, I wanna share a couple things. I have a, a devotion I actually wrote that's I'm out of my devotion book called First Things, my Christmas blogs. And this, I want to read this to you first, and then I'm going to share with you about God with us this morning. But this is about, about my, first, my first Christmas as a Christian. I was born again in, here in New Orleans in 1973, and Paris and I got married, immediately went away to Bible school. We were in Bible school just a couple of weeks after our conversion, and that first Christmas came just a few months later, and there was no way we could make the trip from... Bible school, which was in California, all the way back to New Orleans, so we were by ourselves in our, in our trailer that first Christmas time. You know, we had, you know, the Lord is, is really amazing to us, and in, in moments that we might feel like we're not doing that great in the natural world, He can become more special to us and more precious to us where none of it really matters. Our first Christmas, we had, we spent it in our, in our trailer on the campus of God's Army. Now, this trailer was 10 feet by 17 feet. That was the whole size of the trailer, 10 by 17. That's where we lived. There was no bathroom in it. There was no refrigerator in it. Our refrigerator was outside of the gym with an extension cord. And we used the, the gym, the girls' gym for Paris, the guys' gym for me, was our facilities to go to, to get showered up or cleaned up or use the restroom. But it was one of the most incredible Christmases that I could ever imagine. You know, it's, it was in that, in that first year together, is, is, is Paris and I were discovering our, our faith in Christ, where Christ became very precious and very real to us. That first Christmas time, it hit me like lightning from above 
that God had become a man, that Jesus was God Almighty. And it became real to me. So I want to, I want to share this devotion with you. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child. This is the word of the Lord to, to Matthew, spoken by the angel. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and a bear, a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. The first time we experience something seems to have a profound and lasting effect on us. We remember first steps, the first home run, the first kiss, the first car. We all have our list of firsts. One of those firsts is locked away in my heart like none of the others. What first was that? It was my first Christmas as a Christian. I'd always loved Christmas as a child. I loved the magical aspect of that special day. I remember the chocolate-covered cherries, the bowl of walnuts and pecans, and, and of course all the toys. I remember so many sleepless Christmas Eve, sneaking into the living room by the tree to see what Santa had brought that year. Those were special years, but none of them compare to that Christmas in 1973. That year was special for a different reason. It wasn't special because of the gifts. There weren't many of those. It wasn't because of the tree, because all we could fit into our little trailer was a Charlie Brown kind of Christmas tree. It wasn't especially memorial for the budget-starved meals, because they were meager at best. What made 1973 so special? That year, I started reading the Christmas cards for the first time in my life. Many of them had prophetic Old Testament verses about the birth of Christ. Somehow, in the reading of those verses in the cards, reading the Christmas story for the first time as a Christian and attending worship services with my Christian friends, my eyes began to open. Have your eyes been open to what this, this is all about? My eyes began to open. I began to see the greatest of all miracles. God himself had come amongst us in the form of a man. Emmanuel, God with us, had been born in an animal stable in Bethlehem. Christmas was more than candy and toys, more than parties and friends. It was even more than the special family get-togethers. God had come near. Jesus the Savior had come to save us from our sins. I'll never forget that Christmas in 1973. Paris and I were in our trailer far away from home, sitting in front of our Charlie Brown Christmas tree. We did not have any expensive gifts under that tree, but we had discovered the most valuable treasure of all. The Virgin had conceived and brought forth a son. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. So there, you know, this, 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 is the promise that I want to speak into your life this year. God is with us. God is with you. God is with you in the midst of your circumstances. He's nearer than you can imagine. He's there when you're sleeping more than Santa Claus is. He's there when you awake. He knows if you've been naughty or good. He knows what you've been through, what you're going through. He knows the things you're challenged with every day of your life. He's all around you. He's in front of you. He's behind you. He's got you covered. And all he's after is he's, is he's hovering over you just as he hovered over Mary that, that season when she was overshadowed with the Holy Spirit and, and conceived in her womb the holy, of the, the, the holy child by the Holy Ghost. He's hovering over you looking for you to, to turn to him and say, be it done to me according to your word. Open your heart and let Christ flood you this year with revelation, with light, and with love. 
I have one other, before I get into this, just a few minutes of this message this morning, I have another Christmas blog that I wrote this year. It's called God is with us. And this is for you this morning. This is out of Isaiah, of course, 714. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. There's no greater promise than the one we see in this famous Christmas prophecy. The virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and shall call his name with God with us. This promise is true no matter what. It's true when Katrina blows your city away. It's true when the doctor uses the dreaded cancer word. It's true when death knocks on your door. And if you get laid off from your job, he's with us. He's with us to help us. He helps us with provision, with healing, with deliverance, with guidance, with counsel. He's with us to help us in all our circumstances. He's also with us just to be with us. His abiding presence is the greatest of all Christmas gifts. Better than the one you think you really need. His abiding presence is the greatest of all Christmas gifts. This is the promise of the ages. God himself has come to us in the person of his son, in the person of the Holy Spirit. And here I have a quote from, from David Brainerd's journals. David Brainerd, those of you that don't know him, was, the, was really used to be the father of the modern missions movement. He was a, a missionary. He was 29 years old. He was living in the wilderness, ministering to the Native Americans back in the, in the 17, early 1740s. And this is what he said one afternoon after prayer. He said, longed with intense desire after God. I love that. This is a, the words of a 29-year-old. Longed with intense desire after God. My whole soul seemed impatient to be conformed to Him. Lord, let that be my prayer. And to become holy as He is holy. In the afternoon, prayed with a dear friend privately and had the presence of God with us. Our souls united together to reach after a blessed immortality, to be unclothed of the body of sin and death, and to enter the blessed world where no unclean thing enters. Oh, with what intense desire did our souls long for that blessed day that we might be freed from sin and forever to live and to, to and in our God. In the evening took leave of that house, but first kneeled down and prayed. The Lord was of a truth in the midst of us. It was a sweet parting season, felt in myself much sweetness and affection in the things of God. Blessed be God forever, such divine gale of His Spirit to speed me on in my way to the new Jerusalem. Felt some sweetness afterwards and spent the evening in conversation with friends and prayed with some life and retired to rest very late. What an awesome day he had. What an awesome day he had, just, and just telling about his, the visitations of God. Brainerd is describing the sweet communion we share together in Christ. This Christmas, don't forsake the assembling together with, with, don't forsake the assembling together with other Christians. This is often where that divine gale begins to blow, and we experience God with us. Now, I want, I want us to think for a moment. This promise of God with us, it was... It was, it was somewhere back hundreds of years before, 700 years before Christ, Isaiah had spoken this prophecy, applying to other circumstances, another time, another place, far removed from what Joseph was going through. We know the story of Joseph. Joseph, 
the future espoused fiance of Mary. They were committed together in marriage. They were to be married. They were to spend the rest of their lives together. Joseph, this carpenter from Nazareth in Galilee. And the worst possible news came to him that year that his wife had been found pregnant before they came together. And he was troubled by the news. He was thinking about how he could put her away privately and not make a spectacle of her and give her a, a divorce before, which was the way they had to do it in Jewish society, to, to divorce her before their marriage day. And he was contemplating these things and he had a, a, visita a visitation in the night. And in that visitation of the night, an angel of the Lord came to him and told him, it says, as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Now Joseph probably had never been called the son of David before. David had been dead a thousand years. But Joseph, this angel appeared to Joseph when he was troubled in his sleep. Just, he was brokenhearted, fearful about what his future was going to be like. And he was awakened from his sleep by an angel. He'd never heard of anyone that had seen an angel before. He'd surely never seen one. And an angel shook him and woke him up. And he said, Joseph, son of David. As he heard those words, son of David, something stirred on the inside of him. He knew the promises. He knew one day a child would be born, that a son of David would be born to be the ruler of the nation of Israel and bring salvation to the world. His world was shaken by those words, son of David. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. And then the most incredible words ever spoken to a man. That which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He believed it. No one else in Nazareth believed it. His parents didn't believe it. His brothers and sisters didn't believe it. His friends didn't believe it. But Joseph grabbed it that night and he lived like he believed it. He believed the unbelievable that his wife, his future wife, had been faithful and what she was carrying in her body was supernatural. It was the son of David's in her body. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. This took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph was facing multiple issues in his life. He had a, a pregnant fiance. His taxes were due. Those are two huge things. I don't want to hear, you don't want to hear any of that kind of news. You're, the IRS is knocking on the door and your future wife is pregnant and you know it's not your child's. That's, that's, what, that's what Joseph was dealing with. He was dealing with political oppression from a hostile government. And ultimately, he was, he was dealing with persecution and exile. He, was, he had to go into hiding for several years because of the threats that, was gonna, that were being made about his future son, warned by an angel in a dream to get out of town. But here's the word that he clinged to in all of those moments. In all of those years, when he was raising this baby as his own son, knowing he was the son of God and not his, the promise that he clung to for year after year after year as he wandered through the troubles of life, God is with us, Emmanuel. God is with us. 
God is with you, my friends. You haven't been forsaken. He's nearer than you can imagine. He's in you. He's on you. He's around you. His promises are for you. His promises are yea and amen. The word of the Lord that he gave to Joseph, son of David, it'll come to pass. God has given you promises in his words. And he is with us. He is with you. So he's with you. What about, what about some of the stuff that you might be facing in your life? Let's look at Luke, Luke's account of this story. It says in Luke 2, verse 8, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. Glad tidings of great joy in the midst of your fears. Is anybody here fearful of what their future might hold? Maybe you've been thinking thoughts like, what if, what if I lose my job this year? Or what if, what if that strange thing I've been feeling, what if it's, it's cancer and I get a bad report from the doctor? Or, or what if I already have cancer, the doc, doc, doctors told me, what if they can't cure it? What if, what if I can't find a spouse to love me? I can't find a husband or find a wife. What if I'm going to live the rest of my life by myself? Or, or what if I, I lose my insurance and, and can't get health insurance? Or, or what if I can't pay my bills and, and I, I lose my house or I lose my car? What if all of these what, what ifs that circle through all of our brains? No matter what kind of what if you're facing today, no matter what kind of trouble is in front of you, what kind of trouble is knocking at your door, there is a God who is faithful. And He's given us a word of promise in our darkest moment, in our darkest hour. He is God with us, and He comes to us. He comes to us not only with a solution to our dilemma, not only with the way out of the mess that we found ourselves in, but He Himself comes to us with us in the midst of that. He comes to us with His presence, with His love, with His assurance, with His overwhelming embrace, and loves us and carry us, carries us through to the other side of whatever it is. So let's, let's just look at a couple of these things. What if you've gotten reports about, about sickness? 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says, But of Him you're in Christ, Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Everyone say redemption. Redemption is a powerful word. Redemption means to be purchased. Redemption, from the biblical perspective, is purchased with the price of the blood of the Son of God. That's why He came. He came to be with us, to be in us. He came to redeem us from the curse that's in this earth. He has purchased us. When Christ suffered those moments, those hours leading up to his crucifixion on Calvary, as he was beaten beyond recognition with the whip on the whipping post, he was paying the price of redemption. And Isaiah the prophet who prophesied about God with us said, he himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. And by his wounds, by his afflictions, you were healed. 
There is healing for your body in Christ Jesus. There's redemption for you in Christ Jesus. If you're going through trouble in your physical body, cling to him. Embrace him. Embrace Emmanuel this Christmas season. Come to the stable once again and lay on your face in his presence and know that redemption has come. The Redeemer has come and purchased us. He's come and maybe, maybe you're facing Maybe you're facing poverty or lack of financial funds. In the same way, redemption. Everyone say redemption again. Redemption. I was under a curse before I came to Christ. I was living under a curse, the curse that all mankind is living under. Cursed because of my sinfulness, cursed because I was alienated from God. But when Christ came to me and my heart was open and I called upon his name, not only were my, my sins forgiven, but the curse that was attached to my life was broken off of my life. He broke the curse of lack, of poverty in my life. He broke it off of my life. I don't have to live a life cursed any longer. The curse has been broken. Redemption has come. It's part of, of what Christ was all about. You know, one of the amazing stories that we've been talking all about today, we've talked about Joseph. We talked about the, the wise men. We talked about how they came, and I wonder what Joseph thought. You know, Joseph knew exactly what was going on when he saw those wise men bow down and open up that treasure chest filled with gold. He knew that he was about to go into exile. He had no way to support himself. But look at this. God is with us. The angel gave him a promise. God is with Don't worry, Joseph. Take this woman. I'll, the Lord's going to be with you no matter what you're facing. Herod may come. You might not be able to go back to Nazareth for a while because they're after you and after your son. But God is with you, Joseph. And he, saw, he looked and he couldn't believe his eyes when the treasure chest was open. And he saw God is with us, not only with the glory of his presence, not only with his angels, but he's with me in a tangible way. God has supplied my need for these, these next few years. God is with you, my friends. He's with you in the most incredible circumstances. Look to him and trust him. He's with you in your confusion. Maybe you don't know what kind of decision to make. Of him you're in Christ Jesus, who became to us, he became to us wisdom from God. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what to do. You don't know what choices to make. There is a wisdom that comes from above. It's peaceful. It's beautiful. It's filled with life. It's filled with holiness. It's filled with purity. It drives fear from your heart. Look to the Lord in the midst of your trouble. Ask of God if you're struggling about what kind of decisions to make in 2015. And he will come and he will be with you and he'll bring wisdom into your life. God is with us. He's with us in our inadequacy. When we don't know, we don't feel like we're, we're talented enough or qualified enough to measure up to the tasks that are in front of us. Maybe he's given you a job you don't feel like you're qualified for or a challenge that you don't feel qualified for. He is your sufficiency. These are the words of the Apostle Paul dealing with inadequacy. He says, you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. 
God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. He doesn't want any of us to take credit for the things that happen in our life. He's our adequacy. He's our sufficiency. He's our all in all. He'll be with you when you feel inadequate. Humble yourself and depend on Him. He'll fill you with the wisdom and the talent and the favor to get through the circumstances that seem, seem to be impossible and insurmountable. God is with us. He's with us. He's with us in our sinfulness. Maybe there's somebody here today that you're so ashamed of your behavior. So, so ashamed you never thought in a million years it would, you'd find yourself in the position that you've put yourself in because of your own deeds. Rather than trying to, to justify and saying it, it wasn't that bad or it wasn't that God understands or God made me that way, just fess up. You messed yourself up. It was wrong. Your sins were wrong, but there, are, there is a solution for every sin. There's a solution for the sin of immorality. There's a solution for the sin of substance abuse. There's a, there's a forgiveness and a solution to the sin of stealing or manipulating. Maybe, maybe you've done some things that you feel like, man, I have, there's no way I can go straighten it out. You just come to the Lord and he can fix whatever mess you've made. Look what this says, for he made him, God the Father made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This, this is as, as mysterious as the virgin birth. The virgin birth, how could it be that a teenage girl conceived in her womb without knowing a man by the Holy Spirit? and brought the Son of God into the world. What a mystery. We understand it and believe it by faith. In the same way, how could it be that this, this perfect man, this only perfect man, the only man that, that never sins, never sinned in his thoughts, never sinned in his actions, never sinned in his words, he never sinned in his entire 33 years. He was righteous, he was spotless, totally clean and holy. He lived a holy life, unthinkable. And when he hung on the cross, there was a, there was a, a supernatural thing that happens. There was a, a transfer. Somehow God the Father transferred my account, my guilt, my sinfulness, and placed it on Jesus Christ. He put my sins on him, and he took the righteousness that was on Christ, and he put it on me by faith. There was an exchange that took place. No, I didn't live a holy life, but, but God looks at me like I did by faith. That's the great exchange. That's the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ. That's the work of the cross. That's why he came. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. I'm not only righteous, I carry the righteousness of God on my life. The righteousness of Christ by faith on my life. Now I want to finish this, this message Loneliness 
emptiness, the greatest of the miracles of God with us, is he just comes himself to be with us. He comes to be with us. He becomes our portion. Luke 2.4, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David. That's where he had to go pay his taxes, which is called Bethlehem. Everyone say Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. Bethlehem, beautiful name. It means, literally means the house of bread. What an incredible thing. The bread of life came to this earth. I am the bread of life. He who feasts and feeds on me shall never hunger. There is a spiritual hunger in all of our hearts. You know, part of the whole Christmas thing is food. Have you noticed that? It's candy and it's cake and it's pie and it's all kinds of dressings and turkeys and hams and steaks and roast beef and lamb and it's it's a table spread with gumbo and jambalaya. It's everything. It's just an incredible feast. But I wonder, I wonder if all of that feasting is a, is a picture of something else. I wonder if the reason it's developed that way is because there's, there's something at the bottom of it like there always is. I wonder at the bottom of all this as we're putting this extravagant spread if we can. We put this extravagant spread. I wonder if that's saying inside, I am really, really hungry for something big. There's something inside of me that has this huge, huge, huge hunger. And this feast, this feast can never satisfy it. Let me read this poem. I wrote this a few years ago about the hungry hearts. Listen to this. It says, restless heart, you struggle so, searching for repose, looking for that place of rest, that rest man seldom knows. Lonely heart, you're grieving so, when will the sadness end? You get back up to face the world to just fall back again. Anxious heart, you worry so, your trust seems far away. Who can you trust when things go wrong? Who will you trust today? Ambitious heart, it never ends. Will there ever be a time we can, when you can stop this torrid rush and place your hand in mine? Hungry heart has found its food to still this longing soul, to satisfy the heart of man, to make the sinner whole. In Bethlehem, the house of bread, not far from Calvary, I gave my life for you, my son, that you could feast on me. Yeah, there is a place. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to put something in you. Every time you sit, every time you get out that, you know, you, 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 we, always, we all do it. Oh, I can, this is a special day. I can eat this extra pecan pie. I can eat this chocolate cake and I can eat this extra bowl of gumbo and the cornbread. I can, I can eat all this because it's Christmas and it's going to be okay. Every time you put that extra thing there and you start to eat it. I'm, I'm gonna, I want, I'm, get, now I'm not trying, I'm gonna do the same thing, so don't worry, you know. But, but, but this is, I'm gonna put something inside of you right here, right now. Listen up. Every time you look down and you see that beautiful spread that's different from what you normally eat, there's gonna be something go off on the side of you that says, there's a hunger in me that's bigger than this pecan pie. There's a hunger in me bigger than this roast beef. 
There's a hunger in me bigger than this gumbo. And at the end of the day, I'm still going to be hungry for it. I need the real. I need the real. I need the real Christmas feast. There's a table spread for me at the house of Bethlehem. And I'm going to feast on God. I'm going to feast on God. He gave me a promise that he would be with me. And if I'd feast on him and eat this bread, that I would never, ever, ever hunger. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Y'all stand with me. I want to pray together for you. I want to pray for you this morning. And I'm, before, let's just not move, no moving around. Let's just reverence this moment right now as we just think upon God's word and what he's been speaking to us today. I just ask you to bow your heads with me. Let's just come before the Lord right now and just reflect on his word. I want you to reflect on that promise. God with me, Emmanuel. God with me, Joseph, son of David. I have a promise for you. He would touch you on the shoulder and call you son of God, child of God. I have a promise for you. Don't be afraid. God is with you. God is with you. Don't worry about the circumstances, I've got it. Don't worry about these things that are ready to, to drag you down, I've got it. God is with you. Turn to me, rest in me, feast on me. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, let, take the troubled yoke of worry and fear off, take it off, and come to me and I'll give you rest. Lean upon me, and I'll be your shalom. I'll be your peace. I'll comfort you. I'll strengthen you. I'll forgive you and love you. And I'll provide for you. I'll care for you. I'll be your friends. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information. 